Well, hello and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I'm the pastor of Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington, and I'm excited today as we continue to walk through the New Testament. Today we find ourselves in an incredible story in Mark chapter 2. And so I want to just jump in. I want to actually read together the the entire uh, section. And so would you join me, Mark chapter 2? I want to read verses 1 through 12. And we're going to see this great story of great faith of some men and, and the way they care for their friend, as well as the lack of faith of the Pharisees. And ultimately, we're going to look at how Christ shows himself as being amazing once again. But let's jump into the story. Here we go. It says, And when he returned to Capernaum, After some days, it was reported that he was at home and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, He said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they had thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier? To say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Wow. Great, great passage, great text, and uh, great story. This is incredible. You have these these men, they hear that Jesus, he's there healing and he's there teaching. In fact, he's, he's sitting in a house speaking and the, the crowd is so full. People are crowding. They're jam-packed in there. They can't even get into the door. It's almost like you're trying to, to peek in and see Jesus through the doorway, but there's, there's absolutely no space whatsoever. But the men who come, they did not come simply to hear Jesus speak, they came carrying a friend, a man who is paralyzed. And when they see there is no way they can really even get a glimpse of Jesus, let alone get their friend all the way inside in front of Jesus, they become really creative. They go to the top of the roof and they start tearing off the thatching. And really they're digging into this house, the, the, the roof would be this mixture that would be, it would be akin to digging and breaking into. And, and so that's exactly what they do. They make this hole and then they lower their friend down into the hole so that this man can be in front of Jesus. Now in this home, there are religious leaders. There are the scribes 
And you can almost picture the setting as these, um, I don't know, I, I just always picture them very prim, very proper, and uh, and there's dust in the air, and there's dirt falling down, and they're probably backing up as to not get their, their clothing dirty. And, and then this man gets lowered down, and everyone's watching, wondering, what is Jesus going to do here? What, what's going to happen? In Jesus' words, he says, your sins are forgiven. Now, this man did not come to get his sins forgiven. These men did not drag their man there and dig into this roof and lower their friend below to hear these words, your sins are forgiven. But this is exactly what Jesus says. He says this, and I want you to see the response of the scribes, of the religious people. He says, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, Jesus' words, he, he's kind of starting a fight. I mean, Jesus understands that these religious people, they, they have a grip on the Old Testament scriptures in such a way, in a fairly legalistic way, that they're going to respond uh, not with open arms and acceptance at hearing this, but they're going to respond exactly how they responded in their hearts. Jesus perceives this is in their hearts. So who can forgive sins but God alone? This is recognizing passages like Daniel 9. Daniel 9 says, To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. See, these people, they would recognize God, and it is in God's prerogative alone to forgive sins. And so Jesus saying these words, they're equating Jesus saying, Jesus is taking the place of God. Jesus is making himself equal with God, and they're having none of it. They're having none of it. This upsets them greatly. And so Jesus, he knows their heart. And then listen to what he says. He says, but that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. This is Jesus's response to them. He says, so you can know that I have this authority. So you can understand that this is this is my authority, that I have this, the authority that God has to forgive sins. He, he turns to this man, and this man is going to, he's going to receive healing. Jesus says, rise, pick up your bed, go home. The man does it, and then everyone is amazed. They say things like, we have never seen anything like this before. Well, of course, because they've never had the living God standing in their presence. The second member of the triune God, Jesus Christ, right there. Now, uh, this is a great story, but, but I want to do a little bit of compare and contrast. Let's just consider for a moment the, the, the religious leaders in their posture toward Jesus versus these, these men and the paralytic in their posture toward Jesus. You know, in the religious leaders, you find this, this arrogance, this self-righteousness, this, this judgmental attitude toward Jesus. But in the, the paralytic and in his, his friends, there's there's certainly some humility, and ultimately there is a sense of belief. This is a contrast. Uh, arrogance and unbelief with humility and, and a willingness to trust. I think this is a good plumb line for our own hearts to, to go before Jesus over and over again and say, how am I approaching Jesus? How am, I, how am I approaching God? How am I approaching the scripture? Do I have a self-righteousness and an arrogance and a, and a critical nature toward the things of God? Or do I come before God humble, willing to believe, willing to trust him? 
That's the first compare and contrast. And then then along with that, there's the compare and contrast of, of the religious leaders and Jesus. I mean, these men, they, they seem to be somewhat uncaring. And, and yet Jesus is, he's ultimately very caring. And these religious leaders, they, they seem to be somewhat powerless, especially in the realm that what Jesus is doing with the authority that he's demonstrating. They're powerless to forgive sins and they're powerless to heal. And yet Jesus has the power not just to heal, but to forgive sins as well. This compare and contrast, not just between these these men and the Pharisees or the scribes, but but the scribes compared to Jesus. This this draws us past any religious leader. It makes us look past any religious teacher, remembering that, that all religious teachers, at the end of the day, we're all fallible, we're all weak, but we all are to point to the one who is perfect, the one who has the true authority. We're all to point to Jesus, not just in his authority, but in his care. And so as we teach as you lead your, your family, as you open up the Bible together, as you go to church, as you gather, as you open up the Word of God over and over, over again, remember that, that we are to mirror the, the authority Jesus has as we, we point to His Word, not to ourselves and what we say, but we're also to mirror the care and the love that Jesus has. This is, this is the ancient way for our modern day as we, as we look at Christ as we remember his great love for us, as we remember that he has the ultimate authority, and then we try to follow him in the lives that we live as disciples of Jesus. Now, this is our ancient way for the modern day. I hope this is encouraging. I hope it challenges you, and I hope you tune in again as we continue to walk through the New Testament.